Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm just going to read it for you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 starts like this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander, of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live like that, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Verse four starts out with an incredible word, but I love it, right? I told the students, if you see the word, but you got to stop and pay attention to what's going on. Also, if you see the word therefore, you got to stop and ask, do you guys know what it's there for, right? We're up here teaching tonight. Um, so I, I, I pointed him this word right here because that's where we were. But verse four says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages of the incredible wealth, his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you first believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things we have done. So no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the works that he planned for us long ago. Man, that, that right there is, that's a sermon in itself, right? It's, it's so incredible. And, and I just wanted to remind us tonight that as we dive into this message, man, right now, right where you are, you are good enough. You are good enough. And, and, and whatever, whatever's going on in your life, man, let's just put it to the side, right? Let, let's not try to come in here tonight to try to get better or be a better Christian or be better at, at religion or whatever. Man, let's be here just as we are, and let's let God work in our hearts and our minds. Y'all, y'all down with that? That's the plan for tonight. That's the plan for tonight. So I pray that, that God will help you do that um, and that it'll help me uh, kind of facilitate this, this, this message tonight um, because tonight we're going to dive into what's probably my favorite story uh, in the Bible. When my wife saw that I was uh, talking about it, she said, of course, <laughs> you always talk about it. Uh, it's the story of Jesus in the home of, of Martha and Mary. And it's, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it, I don't know. I, I'm sure you have those verses and stories that you go back to time and time again. And this is just one for me, that, that when I return to it, it's like God gives me eyes to see it for the first time. And he, and he teaches me things and, and shows me. It's also really short. I like that about it. Um, <laughs> But, but just because it's short, that doesn't mean it's shallow. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's deep and it's rich and it's wonderful. Um, and, and God has used it to speak into my life a lot of times. And, and I pray that tonight he'll do that for you. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me um, to Luke chapter 10. Or, yeah, Luke chapter 10. Um, and we're going to read just a few verses because it's a short story. Starting in verse 38. It says this. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had, a younger, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. 
But Martha, she was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Super bold move from Martha there, right? Like, let's go tell Jesus what to do. It's a bold one there, Martha. (laughs) But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So that's the story we're going to dive into tonight. Uh, Again, this message is titled What It's All About. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. We love you so much. Um, As we're here right now, we declare that you are are a way maker. And God, you are a miracle worker. And and God, you, you answered prayers back then and you're answering prayers right now. That, that you are the same yesterday, today, you'll be the same tomorrow. God, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You, you, you're God, and, and we declare that and we believe that. And God, we're here tonight just to hear from you. God, we don't, we don't need another message. Um, we, we don't need another sermon. We need a word from you tonight. God, we need rest for our souls. We need rest for our souls. So I pray, God, tonight that you would provide that for us. God, I, I, I just I thank you for being here. If you're not here, it's just a bunch of cool people hanging out. But, God, this is, this is going to be a night where chains are broken and, and lives are changed because you are here and you're moving. And we just we speak that. God, we speak that. I pray for anybody in here who is going through anything at all, Lord. Ask that you would, you would lift their burdens. That, God, you would give them, even if it's just for a few moments, some time to, to focus on you. That you'd quiet uh, all the voices, quiet all the noise, Father, so that your, your voice will come loud and clear. God, I pray for myself as I know I can't do this without you. God, I won't try, but I will abide in you as you abide in me. And God, I ask that every word that comes from my mouth would be of you. God, I surrender this to you and just ask you to do your will. Ask you to do your will, Lord. God, we love you so much. Uh, we thank you for the weather outside, too. It's really nice. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So, we as humans do dumb things, right? And, and if you've walked this earth long enough, um, you've, you've done a few things that uh, you're not proud of or that are kind of embarrassing. Uh, hopefully you can look back on those things now and think they're funny. Um, but the other night, us, us in, the, in the student room, all the kids in there, somehow we got on the topic of, of the dumb things we've done. Um, and then all of a sudden I got the idea to start ranking them. And so we made a contest to see who had the, the story that had, you know, the dumbest incident. And, and I'll give you one guess uh, who won. Yeah, I, I took, home, took home that crown um, of the dumbest thing, uh, which was kind of humbling because I was looking at a bunch of junior high kids. But then I figured if you live long enough, right, like I've just had more time to do dumb things. Uh, so, so I won that contest tonight, and I want to just give you an abbreviated version of the story that I told them um, with, with, with what I did. And it came a few years ago when me and my wife lived in, in California, and I worked facilities um, for the school that I was attending. And it's interesting, when I tell people I worked uh, in the facilities department at school, they're like, oh, you must have learned a lot of really good tricks and trades and know how to do stuff. And I'm like, no, I learned that I call people uh, when I need something done because God showed me I don't have that, that type of gift. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so I was working this, this job, and, and one, one day our job, me and the guy I worked for, his name was uh, Robert. I called him RD. Um, I don't know how this came about, but our, our job was to go down to an abandoned school campus. And yes, it was as sketchy and weird as it sounded. Um, and we were going to pick up 
a bunch of old bookshelves and take them back to our school. I don't know how that came about, but that's what he said we were doing, so I said, all right. Um, so we hopped in the car and drove. It took about an hour and a half to get there, but it was California. It was only like five miles or something, um, but y'all know how it is. Uh, so we get there, get to the sketchy school, get all the bookshelves, go to Chipotle, and then hop in the car and, and head home. Um, something about Robert is my man loved to take naps on the job. That's just what that's just what he did. So if we were driving anywhere, I was the one that was behind the wheel. Um, so we hop in the car, and I type in the address on my phone. And uh, it took an hour and a half to get there. It was going to take us three hours to get back. Uh, so I said a quick prayer to the Lord, and, uh, and then we started driving. Um, and it was just bumper-to-bumper traffic, and I was full of Chipotle. And y'all know how it goes, right? When you're just sitting in the car, and you're full, and you're just like, I want to be on my couch. Um, but I have a truck full of bookshelves that I have to deliver. So we were driving. Um, and we get back to the campus, and as we pull in the apartment complex to, to get to our storage unit where we're going to unload these bookshelves, um, I happen to notice that the scene in the apartment complex what it, wasn't what it normally was. Like This is a school, seminary, apartment complex. It's normally laid back, and there's not a lot of people there. For some reason today, it was packed out, and there were all these families out there, kids playing soccer and football and like riding tricycles and stuff. Um, I didn't run over a kid, by the way, because I feel like that's where somebody thought the story was going. That's not where it went. Um, but, but I'm driving, and, and we pull in the apartment complex, and there is just stuff going on everywhere, right? And, and just to remind you, three hours in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and I'm full of Chipotle. So I wasn't all the way there. Uh, neither was RD, because he'd been asleep for like two hours. So he's just kind of waking up, and we're getting the apartment complex. There's a lot of stuff going on, and because of that, I couldn't take my normal route to back into the storage unit. I had to go, go a different way, which would cause me to um, cut it short and, and pull into a parking spot to back up into our storage unit instead of coming all the way around. So um, that was my plan. I'm driving, I'm full, I'm tired. I'm trying not to run over any kid's bike. Um, and I pull into this, this parking spot. Uh, something that you need to know about the parking spot that I knew at the time was that it was a covered parking spot. Um, what I had forgot about, though, in the midst of all these kids running around screaming and me trying to just do my job, was that in the back of the truck was a ton of bookshelves sitting vertically in the back of the truck. And so I pulled into this covered parking with all of these bookshelves in the back. I don't know if you've ever been in a moment where, like, you heard something and it sounded really bad, but, like, you didn't recognize what it was at the time. Right. And so that was me pulling into this parking spot. I heard wood starting to break and I heard like that. I don't know. It's like that metal tin stuff just screeching. And I was like, that doesn't sound good. But I just kept pulling forward. (laughs) And by the time I realized what had happened, I was just it was too late. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then the guy with me was like, oh, my gosh. And then to make matters worse, I kind of doubled down on my on my dumbness and instead of parking the car and maybe hopping out and trying to see what we could do I just threw that thing in reverse and backed up as fast as I could and I'm telling you as I got out under the parking I mean wood is falling all over the place the babies are like crying and I am just like what just happened like I just wasted this whole day because I forgot a very small yet very important detail my friends, is that not what our life can be like sometimes? Y'all, y'all, ever, y'all ever been there when you're just trying to do your job, you're just trying to get through the day, and there's distractions, there's all of this stuff going on, and then something little slips your mind, and it ends up costing you. 
I, I know you probably feel me when I tell that story, and, and man, I'm telling you, I can still hear that sound of that, that, that screeching. It wakes me up at night sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But that feeling of like, oh no, I, I dropped the ball. Oh no, I, I forgot about that. The reality is, man, us as humans, that's actually kind of what our life looks like sometimes. Like a lot of the time, there's a lot of stuff going on. And we got family, friends, school, work. We, we, we try to do some fun stuff every now and then. We try to watch the Phoenix Suns and root for them, right? Like we got so much stuff in our lives and, and sometimes we can feel like it's just a big juggling act. We're trying to, to do everything well and to do it right and enjoy life and do our thing. And sometimes it can just be a little too much and, and we can get preoccupied and we really can get distracted. And what I mean by distracted tonight is, is not that all these things that, that we fill our lives with, they are not distractions in and of themselves. What I mean by distractions is that we can get so caught up in, in doing these things that what we lose sight of is why we do them. We, we, we can forget our, our why if you will. We, we can get caught up in this juggling act of life and, and we allow our why to go by the wayside. We, we allow it to slip through the cracks. And my friends, we, we got to see that that is a huge mistake. Because you see, the why in doing things is what makes the things worth doing, right? The, the, the reason behind them, the purpose behind them, it, it, it keeps us from going through the motions, right? Like our why, our purpose, our reason, what drives us, that, that keeps us from just going through the motions. It keeps us from getting caught up in the hustle and bustle of life. It, it actually, if we forget the why, we're, we're really not living. We're just kind of going through it, right? The, the why is, is, is so important. And I wanted to just remind us tonight that us as, as, as believers, as followers of Christ, we have the greatest why in the world. We have the greatest why in the world. And, and as followers of Christ, man, we don't have to, we don't have to wonder what that why is. We don't have to go through this life searching and wondering and, and trying things to, to figure out, is, is this what I was created for? We, we don't have to wonder what our purpose on this planet is. We don't have to wonder if we're a mistake or an accident or a mishap. No, we, we, we have a why. We have a purpose. We don't have to wonder what the truth is because we know what the truth is. Right? We know what the truth is. And the truth says that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. The truth says that, that, that God, he, he knit us together in our mother's womb. Right. That he ordained the time and the place that, that we would occupy on this earth. Right. No, my friends, we, we are not an accident. Right. We are not a happenstance. As we read in Ephesians earlier, we are a masterpiece. Right. Beautifully and wonderfully made. My friends, we matter to God. Amen. We matter to God. Your life matters to God. We, we, we hear these things that, that God loves us and, and that he does things for us and that he pursues us and that he's got our back, that he strengthens us and helps us and, and gives us joy. You know why he does that? Because we matter to him, right? He's not out here just throwing that stuff around for no reason, but he sees you and, and he, he goes, you matter. You matter. He's promised to never leave us or forsake us because we matter to him. That there's not, not one second that God takes his eye off of you or leaves you on your own. And my friends, we don't think about that enough, and I think we should really start to. I think we should really start to. And so we're going to do something a little different tonight, all right? We're going to take a, a mid-message kind of timeout, all right? And, and what we're going to do here is, is I'm going to read, um, heads up, it's 18 verses, all right? 
I'm going to read Psalms 139 for us. This whole psalm is just David declaring, God, I matter to you. All right, and it's going to be on the screen. And this is what I want to do. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to do something, right? To speak to you, to give you a verse, to give you a word in this. And, and I want you to, to feel in this moment how much God loves you. And so it's going to be on the screen. If you want to just read it, if you want to read it along, if you want to close your eyes and just let this, this verse get spoken over you, we're going to take a moment and just ask God to speak this to us. That sound good? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. And then I, I'm going to read it from my Bible. I still haven't got my eyes checked yet or got a bigger Bible, so I'll try to read it well. Um, but this is it. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive into this verse. Heavenly Father, we, we love you, and, and we just come before you, Lord. And God, we ask you right now that no matter what's going on in our hearts and our minds, no matter what the enemy is telling us, God, we ask you to speak a better word. As we read Psalms 139, God, I ask that you would put it in our hearts and our minds and, and show us, God, that you love us, that, that we matter to you. God, as we read these verses, I pray that, that something in them would speak to each and every one of us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, Psalm 139, verse 1 says, Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too powerful for me. It's too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the, night, the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark room. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Amen. I mean, David right here is just saying, God, I matter to you. And he's declaring that. And he's, he's meditating on that, and, and, and he's writing that, that down. And, and, and I believe, I believe without a shadow of, 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 of doubt in my mind that when you know that you matter to God, when you grow in that relationship with him and his presence surrounds you, you can actually like write down things like David did, right? And, and you can write down things to remind yourself of how wonderful that, that, that you are to him. And it's a beautiful thing. We, we don't think about this, man. I, I love 17 and 18 where David says, how, how precious are your thoughts about me? 
right? Like we're all human. We know that we don't always have the best thoughts about ourselves, right? We don't always look at ourselves the way we should or think about ourselves the way we should or even talk to ourselves the way we should. But David's like, God, you don't, you don't think like that, right? Like your thoughts about me are, are precious and they're wonderful. And there's so many, I can't even keep track of them. I could never count all of them. I mean, my friends, that should change our lives. And I pray that we would think about that often, that, that, that when we think about God, we, we think about our Heavenly Father smiling down on us. Remember that He's proud of us. Remember that He loves us, just as we are. Just as we are. My friends, we, we got to remember that we matter. we got to remember that we matter, that He cares for us, that, that, that He spends time with us. I want to put this in a reality statement for you just, just so you could, could see it put simply. God's presence in our lives should remind us that we matter. God's presence in our lives should remind us that we matter. Man, I don't know about y'all, but when I hear verses like, God will never leave me, he'll never forsake me, that he's by my side, I always think about, okay, God, you're doing that because you want to do something, right? Or because you're going to help me do something. You're going to strengthen me so we can further your kingdom and do all that stuff. But I, I forget, God, you, you're here to do that because I matter, right? Because my life matters to you, because what I'm going through matters to you, because my day matters to you, right? So God, when, when we think about God's presence, when we think about how he's, how he's with us, let's remember that we matter to him and that he cares for us. I, I really think that that would change a lot about our lives and about the way we live. Man, we matter to God. We we have, we have a why, and I know we took the long way to get there, but I want to talk about our why for a second. Our why as, as Jesus' disciples is to walk with Jesus intimately, deeply, passionately, to have fun with him, to laugh with him, to, to be in a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, and to glorify our Heavenly Father. Amen. To walk with Jesus and to glorify our Heavenly Father in all that we do and in all that we are, right? Apostle Paul says, whether you eat or you drink, do it all for the glory of God. Paul is pretty much saying then, don't do anything apart from your why, right? Paul's like, your why is to glorify God. So whatever you do, don't do it apart from that why. Whether you're eating, you're drinking, you're parenting, you're teaching, you're driving, you're playing golf, like whatever you are doing, do it all to the glory of God. That's our why. That's who we are. That, that, that's our purpose. And, and, and that is what God is. He's, he's granted us the opportunity to do, right? It's such a humbling thought to think that people like us could glorify God with the way we live our lives. Man, that's humbling. And that's moving. And that should actually move us more to him because we know we need more of him to do that well, right? Man, that's, that's our why. We can't let our why slip through the cracks because if we do, my friends, we just, we just start going through the motions start going through the motions. We can't let the why slip through the cracks. And as we kind of turn our attention briefly back to the story of Martha and Mary, I, I think we see that, that Martha let the why go by the wayside and, and slip through the cracks. So I'm going to run this. I know it's been like an hour since we read that verse, so I'm going to run through it real quick for us. Um, but, but in Luke, we, we, we see the story and Jesus, he's, he's at the home of, of Martha and Mary, and, and we see the scene is, is, has Mary, and, and she's preoccupied, and, and she's serving, and, and she's overwhelmed, actually, with, with all of these things that she's doing. And we see Jesus is, is, is sitting there, and, and her sister Mary, she can be found at Jesus' feet, right? The Bible says that she's listening intently to every word 
that he says. And I want to point out just real quick that Luke doesn't do that on accident. He doesn't on accident show where Mary is, but, but actually the term to sit at somebody's feet was to show that, that she was a disciple, right? Like that is our posture. Luke wanted us to know our posture is, is to sit at Jesus's feet. We can't let that go unnoticed. That's the posture that we should take as disciples. But, but Mary's there and she's sitting with Jesus and, and Martha is, is just worked up, right? She's, she's serving, doing all these things. She's hectic, doing all this stuff. And, and somewhere along the way, along the serving, Martha realizes that she's so low in her efforts, right? She's so low in her efforts. So she goes and tries to find her sister and, and she finds Mary just kicking it, right? Martha's over here working up a sweat and, and there Mary is with not a care in the world, right? Just laser focused on Jesus. And there she is, and, and Martha gets, gets frustrated, and, and she goes to Jesus, and she says, Jesus, don't you see that I'm working so hard for you, that I'm over here sweating, breaking my back, trying to, trying to serve, and yet my sister's just sitting here, she's just chilling. Jesus, tell her to get up and come help me. We got work to do. And Jesus essentially just says, no, I, I, I'm not going to tell her to get up and leave. Actually, Mary is exactly where she's supposed to be. Martha, maybe you should take a, take a lesson from your sister here. And that's where the story ends, um, so we don't know what happens next, but I'm going to bet that Martha's attitude probably changed a little bit after that interaction with Jesus. This is one of the stories that when we read it and, and we see somebody who, I don't know, kind of made a mistake, I feel like we got to give them some credit, right? Because I don't think what Martha's doing here I mean, it's wrong. It makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like Jesus is at the house. Let's get some chips and guac. Let's get a snack, whatever you serve at your house. Like that seems like a very reasonable thing to do to me, right? And, and, and you know, I, I, would, I would bet like if, if that was us in this story, we would be found probably doing much of the same, trying to serve Jesus, trying to do something for him. I know that's where my mom would be found. <laughs> I never had a friend leave my house hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like she was feeding everybody. And so what Martha's doing here, it's, it's not unreasonable. I actually think it's kind and seems like the right thing to do. So what's, what's the problem? What's the problem? Stuart, can you bring my cheat sheet up? Because I want to say this word right. Here we go. The problem is this word, perispao. Perispao. This word means to be distracted. This is the word in the original language for distract. It also carries with it the meaning to be drawn away from. To be, to be pulled away from something. You see, the problem for Martha here, it was not her effort to serve, is that she allowed her serving to actually pull her away from the purpose of her serving. That what she wanted to do for Jesus actually pulled her away from Jesus. That she got so distracted and so caught up with all of this stuff that she let the why go by the wayside. And my friends, we see what happens when, when we do that, when, when we get pulled away from Jesus. We get anxious, and we get worried, and we get fearful, and we get frustrated, and we get concerned about a lot of things, about a lot of things. My friends, we, we have to pay attention to this lesson because I want you to see this was never Martha's intention. And when it happens to us, I'm willing to bet it's never our intention either. You see, by definition, to be distracted by something, there has to be something that you are distracted from, right? And from what I can see, it was actually Martha's idea for Jesus to come to the house. 
So I, I don't think Martha had any intention at all to be pulled away from Jesus. I think her intention was actually the opposite, right? She invited him over to spend time and to get closer to him. But somewhere along the way, she forgot that why. And she got distracted and she got caught up and she was actually pulled away. And that, my friends, just honest moment, that's most of the time what happens to me. I get caught up in all of the doing and all of the stuff that I often forget why I was doing it in the first place. This is a lesson that, that we have to learn here. So Martha, this was, this was never her intention. We see that when we're pulled away, it causes angst and, and, and fear and concern and worry and all this stuff and can cause frustration. You ever gone to Jesus because you've been frustrated because you're trying to do the right thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, God, I'm trying to do it. But you just keep hitting frustration and frustration and frustration. And we see here, we learn another valuable lesson. That when you go to Jesus with frustration, he responds with love. And he responds with grace. And he responds with kindness. He goes to her, and I can't imagine what those words would have sounded like when he said, Martha, Martha. How that would have caught her off guard, right? She was so worked up, so frustrated. And how disarming those words would have been. They would have pierced right through her soul. And Jesus, he speaks to her. And he reminds her of her why. He reminds her what this whole thing is about. He reminds her of what the good portion is, of what will never fade away, of what will never be taken away. Jesus reminds Martha that this whole thing is about him. That it always has been and it always will be about Jesus. Because Jesus is the way. And he is the truth. And he is the life. My friends, that's where we find our life in him. Not in the serving not in the hustle and bustle of life, not in the doing. It's found in Jesus. So I want to ask you tonight, where are you trying to find your purpose? Where are you trying to find your life? Have you gotten distracted? It's easy to do. It's easy to do. Are you distracted? Do you feel as if you've been pulled away? Do you, do you feel as if the, the, the world, it's, it's got too many negative stories and, and, and we hear these stories about mass shootings and, 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 and depression and suicide and all of these things, and it, it weighs on us, man. And I just sometimes I'm just like, God, what are we doing? And then he just, he has a way of just reminding us, right, that it's going to be okay. Man, are you here tonight, and are, you, are your burdens heavy? Are your burdens many? Is what's going on, does it feel like it's overwhelming you? Man, I want to remind you tonight that the one who has overcome the world is calling your name to just come sit at his feet. To find rest for your souls. To listen to the words of life. Because that's where they're found. And our joy, it's found in him. And our hope, it's found in him. And our love and our life, it's, it's all found in Jesus. Man, he literally says, come to me if you're tired. Are you tired today? Come to, come to me if you're weary. Are you weary tonight? Carrying heavy burdens. Jesus says, come to me, find rest for your soul. My burden, it's easy. My yoke is light. Man, you know why Jesus can really say that? Because Jesus knows what it takes to be human. 
Hebrews teaches us that, that we don't have a Savior that doesn't understand what we're going through or what it feels like, but that, that Jesus, he sympathizes with us. And he knows what it takes to be human. That's why we can really go to him and say, God, I'm anxious. God, I'm, I'm depressed. God, I'm worried. God, I'm fearful. God, I'm hurt. And he goes, I know. Come here, let me show you how to heal. Let me show you how to live. Man, that's the God that we have. My friends, we got to get back to his feet and just sit and just chill and just get caught up in him. I love that, that the Bible says that Martha was distracted. I think Mary was distracted too, but she was distracted by the right thing. She got caught up in, in the right thing. I want to just, just two more things real, real briefly, and then we'll get out of here. A lot of times when we we hear messages about just sitting at Jesus' feet. That's not an excuse to be lazy. And that's not an excuse not to do anything. Sometimes we can get a little burnout, right, and all the stuff we want to do that, that, that we, we, we were like, I don't, well, that's not working. I don't want to do that anymore. I'll just, I'll just sit back and kick it. No. we got to get at Jesus' feet so we can learn how to serve. We can learn how to live. We can learn what fuels us, right? So we can learn to abide and do it with him. And that's where it starts, man. If you want to serve the kingdom, if you want to live for the Lord, it starts with sitting at his feet, but it doesn't end there, right? It, it, start, it starts there, but then you learn and you walk with him and you go with him and you don't go off on your own. I want to show you the words of, of Charles Spurgeon as he, he hits on this. Um, he, he says that they, talking about us, followers of Christ, will do his service a great deal better if they will very often come and sit down at his feet. And say, now I have nothing to do but to love him. Nothing to do but to receive his love into my soul. If you will seek after such quiet communion, you will be sure to work with a holy might that shall consume you. Man, we talk about this all the time. You can't love God and be close to God and not love the people that he loves. Right? You can't be close to God and not be burdened for what, what he cares for and what breaks his heart. But the closer you get to Jesus, the, the, the deeper communion you get with him, the more it actually moves you to do something about it. Amen. Amen. It starts at his feet. It starts at his feet, man. That, that's where it's found. And Man, I love these words because I don't do it often enough, and, and I'm assuming maybe you don't either, but when's the last time you just sat down at Jesus' feet with no agenda, no ulterior motives, no plan, you just sat there and said, God, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for love. And you said, I have nothing to do but just to talk about how much I love you, nothing to do but just to receive your love. And when's the last time we just sat and did that? That should be a, a daily practice in our lives, right? A daily practice in our lives to allow his love to consume us. It's a beautiful thing. I want to show you um, one last quote from John Piper, and then, and then we'll wrap it up. He says, you get one pass at life. That's all, only one. And the lasting measure of life, of that life, is Jesus Christ. You get one pass at life, that's all, only one. And the lasting measure of that life is Jesus Christ. I want you tonight, when you lay your head down, I want you to, to think about that quote, to remember that Jesus is on your side, that he loves you, and that just as you are tonight, as you drift off to sleep, he's madly in love with you and you're enough. All right, can y'all do that for me? Amen. All right, man, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And, and God, we thank you for your love. 
It's deep and it's wide and it's long. It's, it's, it's more and better than we could ever imagine. God, I, I pray that even though it, it does go past our understanding, that each and every day, God, that we would seek it more. That, God, you would, you would reveal more of your love to us, that, that we would experience it more every day because we need it so desperately, God. God, I pray um, that, God, that would, you, you would help us to remember our why that our why is to be with Jesus, our why is to glorify you. And the key to doing that is, is by, by pursuing Jesus more, by sitting at his feet, by learning of him, by walking with him, by abiding in him. God, teach us that. Because we are people who want to serve you. We are people who want to live for you and do it right and do it well. And the only way to do that is by walking right by your side. So God, I pray that you would give us the heart to do that, God, that you would help us to forget um, the distractions and get caught up in you. And God, live our lives from, from that state of grace. God, I pray for anybody in this room who, who doesn't, doesn't know you. God, I pray that tonight they, they would not waste an, another moment, but they would take a step of faith and, and want to know you more. Man, if that is you, please come talk to myself or, or Pastor Greg or, or Mark. We, we would love to just tell you about Jesus, about how he died for our sins and how he gave us eternal life. And he gave us meaning and he gave us purpose and he gave us value. Please don't leave this place tonight without a relationship with Jesus. God, I pray that as we leave this place tonight, God, we would be infatuated by your love. And that, God, as we lay our heads down tonight, we would know that we are enough because you said so. And we ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.